Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. When I think of the word create, I first think of the word void. Sounds like a little weird, but notice where I'm going. In fact, the first part of my message, it sounds like an advertisement, but it's really not an advertisement. It's doing what I'm about to preach right now. When I think of create, I, the first word that comes to my mind is void. In other words, there has to be a cleansing of what was there to create room for the new that is about to be created. So we created a new space in this church. We, 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 we changed the format a couple of years ago, and, 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 or a year ago, whatever. And in this process, we had, to, we had to cleanse some things. We had to tear down some things. We had to create a void. We had to create a space, some emptiness. We had to change things up, shake things up for something new to be created. So when I think of the word create, I think of, and, and, and forgive me for this, but I think of, I love to paint. I love to paint. And so I've got a, a canvas here today because, <clears throat> because it's my hobby and something I enjoy doing is painting. Um, I, I think of painting when I think of create. I don't know what you think. When you think of create, you may think of, of making a cake and, 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 and or, or cooking a meal like a, a chef or, 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 or doing something in particular that whatever in your world is creating. But for me, for me, creating is I, I, I want to paint. And there is no funner time to me just about in the process of painting than when I pick up a canvas. And this is the, exactly the way it looks when I purchase it from the store. And I have this, and this is what I do. This is my favorite moment of, of, of painting when I start to create something. Okay, watch this. I, I love to do this. And that's crazy. I turn my music on. I turn my music on. I get my music on. And then I do this. Oh, my God. That's so much fun. Did you, y'all experience that? And, and, and then I, I start ripping the pla- And I can smell it right now. And it just the smell just gets me. It's the smell. It's the smell. All right. Look at it. Now, oh, it smells better back there. Mm. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me tell you why. The reason I did, this thing is covered, that white stuff on there, see, it would look more like this, but it, it has this white stuff on it, and this white stuff is called gesso, G-E-S-S-O. And, and, and that with the canvas has this smell, smell. For a few dollars, I'll have you, you can come up and sniff it afterwards. <laughs> it's part of the creative process. But I just, and, and, and I, don't, I don't know, I, you know, it just, it's just that moment for me. It's that moment for me when I'm, when I'm feeling very, very creative. Now, let me tell you why I like this. Yeah, I like the smell. In this moment, in this moment, reason it's so special to me because it's a totally void canvas. If I pop this and it was full of someone else's painting, 
If I popped this and it was, uh, it, it had something else going on, it would strip away that creative process for me. But this is why I said when I think of create, the first word that comes to me is void. Are you with me? I know I've gotten messed up by this mic, but please stay with me. The first thing I think of is void. I need to have something blank. I need to have something that I say, hey, here's a fresh start for this process. Amen? And what I just called you to do over the next seven days and what I just called you to do in the Word and through prayer and, and study and opening up yourself in the next seven days, you know what I just did? We just popped the plastic Open it up and said, God, my life has been full of stuff, but I'm handing you a blank canvas to do something with my life and create space with me. Do something in my life. Amen? And so I, 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 when God created the, in, in creation, at creation, the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 2, and the earth was without form and void. It was void. Looked at the word void. It's emptiness. It's, it's that moment. Now, in that, the next part of the scripture says, and it was completely dark. This one is white, but it, that was dark. But the space was there. There was void in the space. In other words, God at that moment had, in essence, a blank canvas to do whatever he wanted to do in that moment. And then the next part of it says, and the darkness was upon the face of the deep. Listen to this, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God. In other words, God picked up the canvas, and the power of God began to look at this canvas. And I believe he began to go, whoo, I'm about to do something. The next seven days, I'm about to blow their ever-loving mind. I am going to do something so amazing. I'm going to create something that worships me. I'm going to create something that blesses me. I, as the creator, I am going to start putting the paint on the canvas, and I'm going to do something that is going to be all about a blessing and love for my kids. Adina and I just got back from Colorado, and, and the Colorado has to be one of the most beautiful states, and the weather is amazing, and all that gets at this time of the year anyways. And, 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 and I went down, and and me and my mom, my mom and my dad and my brother and I stood in this rushing uh, little just beautiful valley where the water was coming through with incredible force and power. And, uh, and, 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 and the kids stayed in the car and Adina came down for a little bit and then went back up. And then my mom and dad and Brent and I stood it there and, the, and, and, we, and we, we held hands and we started praying. Now, I'm not trying to sound super spiritual. I'm just trying to tell you we had a God moment, and this is what we said. God made all of this stuff because he loves me. He didn't make it just to make it. He made it because he loves me. He created the beauty. He created your family. He created love. He created inspiration. So, so God, God created all of this in, because he loves me. He had a blank canvas. And he began to create something because he loves me. Next, there has, there has to be this thought. So the first thing is there needs to be void. If you're going to create anything, there has to be void. There has to be a blankness. There has to be something that you make room. And that's what we're doing the next seven days in our heart. 
The next thing there has to be, and this is my, my thinking, there has to be a thought of what you're going to create. Sometimes I get to this point, I have void, I smell the canvas, and then I have to st- sit down and I have to think, what do I want to create? What do I want to paint? I, what, what is it? Is it? Is it a face? Is it a flower? Is it, is it an ocean scene? Whatever it is, and I begin to think. And, and some of you do this. Some of you are engineers, and you have this moment. Some of you are, are bakers, or, and, and some of you, whatever it is, and you have that creating moment, and, and you have to have, you have void, but then, then you start beginning to form those thoughts and what you want to do. An engineer begins to take the piece of paper and, and draw out the building or draw out the bridge, and they begin to create it on paper and and maybe that's what an artist does they get a they get a little uh, a, a black piece of uh, uh, it's a lead and they begin to write on it and they begin to draw the face and they begin to draw the mountains and begin they begin to sketch it out on into the void to create something and then and then the next stage is there's verbal verbalization of what you're going to create and, and that verbalization could be that you speak it or that you write it or that you draw it. But, and God said at creation, he said, let there be. It was that moment when he saw the void and then he said, let there be. And boom, it, it was. It was in that part of the creative process that God, he, he, he had the void He had the moment where he thought what he wanted to do, and then he had the moment where he spoke it into existence. Is anybody with me today? He spoke it into existence. It's that moment in the creative process where work begins to take place, where things begin to happen, where in the creative process the mountains were formed, and the the valleys were formed, and the waters were separated, and, and, and all of that in the creation process in Genesis took place, but just just as the creative process starts with you and I. And that is a huge part of it. And then there is the worship based on what's been created. It's that moment when God creates it and forms it and thinks it and draws it and speaks it. And then he steps back and says, man, that's good. I, I, that, that's just good. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you think about it. And, and it doesn't really matter to me what you think about it because I'm the artist and, the, the, you know, critiquing artwork is a joke to an artist because it doesn't really matter what you think about it. It matters what the artist thinks about it. If you don't want to buy it, that's fine. That's the way artists look at it. But as for me, I liked it and I created it. God stepped back and said, that's good. I don't know what you think about it, but I did good. I spun the heavens into existence. I hung the moon and the stars. I have everything circulating. I created all the cells in your body and the blood and and, and all the aspects of your brain and all the intricates of all the cells and all the things up in your body and all the things in the earth and all the things in in the sea and all these things. And I step back and go, man, I'm quite the creator. I'm I'm quite the God. I'm, I'm quite the one that can take the void and do something amazing with it. I am the ultimate creator. I am good. And he stepped back and said, if you like it, worship it. 
If you like it, worship it. If you like what I've done for you this week, worship it. If you like this, what I've, what I've, what I've set apart in your life, worship it. If you like how I've blessed you, worship it. If you like how I've, I, I've critiqued you and managed you and helped you and guided you, worship it. If you like it, the fact that you have breath in your body. In fact, David said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I'm just telling you, if you got breath, it's all given to God. He's the creator, and he just says, if you like it, worship it. And the Bible says that he walks to and fro looking for someone to worship him. In other words, man, I did this all for them, and I just hope that they love it, and I'll know that they love it based on how they worship it. Hallelujah. You're not worshiping a tree. You're not worshiping a a ravine. You're not worshiping a valley. You're not worshiping a mountain. You're worshiping the creator, the God who took void and created and made something. I think it would be all right for us to have a a, a praise time out and just stand on our feet and give God praise for his greatness. Just, just, Just who he is. Just who he is. Just who he is. There's worship based on what's been created. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to be condescending in what I'm just said, but sometimes we give a God a golf clap like he just made a real good shot. He's not Tiger Woods. He's the God who's formed the heavens, the hills, the valleys, the God that gave you breath. Come on, man. You've got to give him worship. You've got to give him worship. You got to let something come deep, man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to me. This goes beyond the little strength that I have in my body to lift my hands. This has got to get into your heart. And all of a sudden you go, man, God created me. He created all this for me. And all he's asking me to do is worship it if I love him. Now, now listen, I want you to go beyond just the, the little minor. I want you to really open your heart up right now and make a noise and praise in God. Would you do that? Just set aside and just worship him for who he is. Ooh, I hear it. Although it's not as loud, I hear a deeper worship coming from the church. Come on, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Lord, just open your mouth. If you can't do nothing but close your eyes and just open your mouth, just say, Lord, I worship you today. I magnify you today. You are a holy God. You're a magnificent God. Your kindness leads me to repentance. You are great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Create, create, create. What a creator he is. What a God he is. You may be seated. And then there is rest. The rest from the process of creating. And on the seventh day, God rested. When I was away a few weeks ago and I was praying about the rest of the year, This is the scripture that came to my heart that I begin to quote. And I say quote because it's a scripture that I, many of you could quote. And I've probably quoted this scripture in my prayer time probably more than any other scripture that I know I've quoted. And it's Psalms 51 and 10. And it goes like this. And I'm not even putting the whole scripture up there. I'm just putting the beginning up for you. Ready? Say it with me. Psalms 51 and 10. Create in me. 
Let's just stop right there. Create in me a pure heart, the NIV says. The KJV says a clean heart. Some scriptures say a purified heart. Whatever it may be, you get the gist. Create in me a pure heart, O God. And I was walking and praying, and the Lord just put the word create up in my spirit. Again, I've quoted this, no telling how many times. But when I quoted this time, it was create. Create what, God? What do you want to create in me? What is the psalmist David saying when he says create? God, I'm giving you full license in my life for your creative genius to come into my world. And this is where I want you to start first. I want you to start with a pure heart. In other words, I want you to be able to create, 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 but I want you to have a void to create from. I need you to, I need you to help me in the process of creating a void, a space for you to be able to put the artist brush in my life. I need you to help me get to this stage. I need you to help me. And the Lord loves that when you give Him that creative license in your life. Because He's not going to come steal that license from you. He wants you to willingly give that to Him. And when you give that to Him, He steps in on the creative process. And, and the first part of that creative process is cleansing. Cleansing. is asking God to create in me a pure heart. In other words... Help me get rid of the clutter that is clogging up my heart. Help me to somehow every blockage that is clogging up the will of God for my life. God, I want the blockage out. Can you say amen to that? I want the blockage out. And in fact, I, I want the Lord to do a heart surgery not only on my heart, but on every one of our hearts as, a, as, a, as Parkway. I want him to do a heart surgery. And when we think heart surgery, one of the things that usually comes to our mind is a heart bypass. I don't, I don't want a heart bypass. I, I want God to do a cleansing. A cleansing. A bypass is when you take a vein. I, was, I had the honor of watching Dr. DeBakey do an actual, who is the creator of all of that, uh, do a surgery in Houston a number of years ago. I stood over him in the gallery watching him. I was right over top of the man that was having the heart surgery. I mean, smoke was coming out of his chest from, from, from what they were doing and, 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 and all, all the stuff that they were doing up in there and with, with, cutting these veins off and different things. I watched all of that process going on as they did a bypass on that man's heart. They took and they cut his leg and they took a vein from here and they placed it in his heart and they went around the blockage. They bypassed the blockage with a new vein. I don't want that in my life. I don't, I don't want that spiritually in my life. I don't want him to do a bypass and leave all the clog, clutter, junk up in my world 
that I learn how to manage around my stuff, around my issue, around my problem, but the anchor of my problem is still there to come back and haunt me during a time of weakness. I want a cleansing. I want, let me say it this way, I want a roto-rooter. You know, I want the roto-rooter where, where it goes down through the valves and it cleans out the gunk in our lives. What if God, we gave God the creative license to say, God, help me, as David said, help me create the void in my life and roto-rooter some junk out of my life and do it. Listen, the first thing when we think about that is like, oh, goodness, did you hear the song we sang? His kindness. And so with kindness, he comes into my heart. With the goodness of God, it leads men to repentance. The goodness and the kindness comes into my life and begins to roto-rooter, roto-rooter stuff out of my heart. God, I give you that license as David did, and I say, Father, create. Start the creative process, but start first of all by creating a void and creating a pure heart. In me, oh God. Would you lift your voice and say this part of the verse? You ready? Here we go. One, two, three, go. Amen, 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 amen. I'm not looking the other way. I'm not trying to bypass anything. I want you to create in me. I want some things that were there to no longer be there. We're about to start our freedom process. There's going to be some things if you start your freedom process. If you give God the creative license in your life. If you don't, it's 12 weeks, and it's a conference, and it's a season and time in your life, and you move on past it. You've bypassed. I'm talking about you give God the creative license. And you say, God, I know I've got a, some gunk up in my veins, and I'm asking you, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I need you to create in me a pure heart, oh God. And I'm here to tell you, I think already we've had somewhere upward of 50 people sign up for freedom. We have a whole nother church in the Golden Triangle that has been so inspired by what God's doing in this church through freedom that they're taking their church through freedom and then they're bringing their people to our freedom conference. I'm just telling you things spreading, spreading. Amen? If you're in this church, sign up for freedom today. Sign up and get involved in our life groups. But I want the bitterness gone. Amen? I want the anger gone. I want the immorality gone. I want the hate gone. I want the racism gone. I want the pride gone. I want a, a pure heart. Oh, God. Father, I need your help. I can't do this by myself. I need you to use your creative powers within you to create in me a clean heart. If you will do the creating, if you'll take over this process, I can't do it by myself. If you'll do this process, I'll give you the canvas. That's all he's asking you to do is give him the canvas. He's not going to take the canvas from you. 
He's not going to beat the canvas out of you. All you have to do is give him the canvas so he can start the creative process. I feel the spirit of the Lord when I said that right there. What, Pastor, I don't have anything to give. Oh, yes, you do. You have you. And it's the most vital element in all of his creative creation is you. Is you. Is you. The creative process. I hand him the canvas. I want to talk just a second about a guy named Joshua and close out the remainder of this message dealing with this and it's real short and then I have something that I'm going to ask you to do. Moses for 40 years led the children of Israel from being held up in bondage in Egypt to freedom, to the edge of freedom and the promised land. Moses did that. But when he got to the edge of the promised land, he was not able to go the next step into the promised land. I don't have time to tell you the reason for all of that and all that stuff. But he got to that point. He got right to the edge. I mean, he could see, peer into the promised land. Forty years. And there's a young leader that's in his camp that he's been training for years. And Moses has been sowing into it. His name is Joshua. And, and Joshua is now the one who is going to take them that last step. He's been leading with, with Moses, but now Joshua is going to take the next step and get them into the promised land. There are some victories that have to come. There are some battles that have to be won. But God called Moses into retirement, and Joshua stood up and told the people something. In Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5 that I want to focus on here for a few minutes and you'll see where I'm going. And that is this. Joshua stood up. Maybe he got the megaphone out. Maybe he had problems with his mic and he traded mics. I don't know. But he stood up and he said this to the church, to the children of Israel. He said this. Consecrate. Say it with me. You ready? Just read this text with me. You ready? Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. God's going to do something that's going to be amazing. He is going to paint a picture that is going to be priceless among you. The different translations of the scripture are just so amazing. I'm not going to go into it, but you can imagine that the word amazing, how it's used in different translations. But I mean just amazing. I mean, Joshua saying, I'm telling you, God's about to do something for the children of Israel that's going to blow your mind. He is about to paint a picture. He is about to let you eat and drink from a landfill with milk and honey. You're fixing to have all kinds of blessing that's going to freak you out in a good way. But there needs to be a void. Before he can paint, before he can create, before he can make, he first has to have a void. It's the part of the creative process. I have to have something that I can take and say, here is where I can do something with. And Joshua understood that. And he called out and he says, consecrate yourself. Before they can cross Jordan, before they can attack Jericho, before they can undertake any major task, before they can go to the promised land, God asked Israel to consecrate themselves 
So what did consecration involve? What is that? The English words that we use to flesh out the word consecrate from the original Hebrew are the words purify, purify yourselves, or sanctify, or consecrate, or set yourselves apart, or dedicate yourself, or keep yourselves holy, or separate yourselves. All of these things would apply here in our English vocabulary for what he's trying to say here. Purify yourselves. Become a part of this process. There were acts and rituals of consecration to the Israelites, and they understood what the word consecrate meant. And so it included washing. It included cleansing. It included included abstaining and preparing. It's where we get um, our fast from in the Bible. It's not just about missing food. It's setting things apart. It's consecrating a part of my day. It's setting aside something. It's abstaining from something. It's moving things in prayer and through the word and, 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 and fasting that I'm, I'm consecrating myself to a place to become holy for Him. It is creating a void for God's creative wonder to do a miracle in my life. And Israel could probably summarize all of this in four movements that they had. Four movements. And so when God says, consecrate yourselves, I'm giving you a little Bible study here. The four things that the Israelites knew that that meant was, number one, is reflection on one's life, priorities, and values. They began to look into their life and look at their priorities, look at their values, look how much time they were spending on social media, look at how much time they were having screen time. Whatever, they started looking at their values and saying, you know what, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God first. I'm going to change my priorities. I'm going to change it in every area from my finances to my, my social life, my whatever. I'm going to change everything. I'm going to seek God first. I'm going I'm to look at this and re-up. I want to make sure my values line up with His heavenly values. I want to make sure my priorities line up with His priorities. And so the children of Israel go through this process the same as you and I can. As we line up in this first movement our priorities with His priorities. In other words, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this earth line up together. Right now, if you're in, in America, you understand even in El Paso from El pa- situation that happened last night in El Paso, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this earth are not lining up. Right now, the kingdom of heaven is about peace and joy and happiness and love and all the goodness and the graciousness of, graciousness of God, but man has taken over and decided to color their own canvas. And to this we look at and we are not lined up with what God has for us, and so I want to come back into alignment with God. Can I get a witness? That's the first movement, is reflection on one's life, priorities, and values. Number two, the second movement that the Israelites knew this meant to consecrate is dealing with sin, and they did that through confession. Confess your sins one to another. Repentance, repenting towards God. Confession 
one to another. The Bible talks about that's why it's so huge. This process called freedom. We're confessing. We're, we're opening ourselves up in this, this way. And then repentance is this way. And I'm confession, repentance, and I, then I receive forgiveness. This is the second movement to consecrate. I'm dealing with the gunk. I'm dealing with the blockage in the heart. I'm looking at it. I'm seeing it in the thought process. And number one, I'm looking at it. I'm creating the void. And I'm doing it again in two. I'm creating that void. And I'm opening myself up for God to have something to work with. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly sorrow produces repentance. What does that mean? Godly sorrow. It's, it's this... It's feeling sorry for your sins. If you don't feel sorry for, well, I got caught. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Feeling sorry for my sins. I don't mean I feel sorry like, well, you're a sorry human being. No, that's going to create shame. What I'm talking about is you feel a godly sorrow. Towards God and His purity and greatness, I feel sorry for the man that I have become. Godly sorrow. Produces repentance. So when I feel sorry for my sin, it produces something. And that produ what produces there is repentance. Leading to salvation. In other words, here we go, for godly sorrow produces repentance... Which is what? Leading to salvation. Now you understand that in the rest of the verse. Not to be regretted, but listen, the sorrow of the world produces death. So there are people that woke up this morning that have some sorrow based on what they did last night. But that sorrow produces death. They're sorry for what they did, but their sorrow of the world produces death. But when you have a godly sorrow, you picture yourself under the purity of God and you see the blackness and the darkness in your heart and you give that to God and it produces repentance and it leads to salvation. Listen to this. God's end result is always life. The world's end result is always death. Now, I know I'm not being flashy and fancy and all this stuff this morning, but I'm trying to start this series off. And I know when we start a series off, we want it to be more big and flashy, and that's what, but I had to get void. We had to get void. Number three is resolve to belong to God. The Israelites understood that it consecrate means resolve to belong to God. This could be demonstrated by abstaining from food or practices or anything that would distract them from God. I've said enough about that today. Number four, wholehearted devotion to God. The Israelites knew that this was the final result. Wholehearted devotion to God. The ritual or the process of consecration meant nothing if the final state of their heart was not focused on being totally devoted to God. In other words, at the end result of after abstaining and setting the sin aside and all of those different things, if the end result is that I'm not totally devoted to God, then I've missed the mark. And when we analyze this, there are really 
there, and it really involves two things. It's that turning away from the temporary things, the world, our desires and ambitions, and we're turning towards God. We're, we're setting this stuff aside and turning to, towards God. However, we can't turn to God without turning away from other things. And the things are so strong and powerful in our eyes. And it's like Brother Brandon preached last week about distractions. By the way, did Brother Brandon knock it out of the park last week or what? See, this is the deal. This is the deal. From now on, when I leave, you're getting bad preachers. Because you need to go, boy, I sure wish pastor was back. But when a guy does that good, they walk in the door and go, oh, man, I thought pastor was going to be gone another week. But I do have to tell you something funny. Last week, I'm in Colorado, and I logged on to Facebook about the time what I thought was balloons all over the church, up in the air. And I thought I went one week. One week. And Brandon has got balloons flying everywhere. One week. I mean, we went to the dogs in one week. I'm being funny there. It was an amazing deal. And then I heard him talk about what the balloons represented, it represented distractions in the room from your worship. Is that right? Amazing. Exactly what I'm preaching today. And I know, I'm sure he said this, and, but it's not about keeping everything, all the distractions up in the air. It's about eliminating the distractions. It's about eliminating, and that is so good, Brother Brandon. I just loved it. And everything I said about having a bad preacher, that's a joke. This, 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 I want people to excel and be blessed. I want this church to be its best, and you know that, but I just had to say that. But we learned we needed to let God to help us set ourselves apart from the distraction, and that's a consecration. Consecration is something we do not to earn God's love, but because we are so loved by God. Amen? And ultimately, it's about creating space to be filled with the Spirit of God. Next to you today is a piece of paper and a pen. And this is where we're going to get real with this today. And I've tried to preach short. It's 1117. And so I'm asking you, if you would be so kind, not to leave me and go pick up your kids right now, okay? Just wait just a minute. I'm still preaching. This is part of it. But listen, I want you to take that piece of paper, and this is what I want you to do. Let's create. Let's create. I want you to get creative for just a minute. I want you to close your eyes for just a second. And I want you to say the scripture that I'm preaching from, Psalms 51 and 10. Just close your eyes, and I want you to pray this. Create within me a clean heart, O oh God. 
create within me a clean heart, oh God. Just pray that. Would you do that? Create. Create. Create within me a clean heart, oh God. Create. Lord, I pray that prayer today. Pray that prayer for my life, for every one of my friends' lives today. Create. God, there's some exciting things coming in this series. There's some amazing things, like your word says, like Joshua said. There's amazing things coming even in this series. But first, we have to consecrate ourselves. Some amazing things coming in this rest of this year for our church. But God, we realign after the summer. And we come into you and we consecrate. 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 Create in me a clean heart, oh God. If you'll open your eyes, I want you to, I'm asking you to take this piece of paper next to you and fill it out with something that you feel like, before you write anything, please listen, something you feel like you want to consecrate to God, I'm just going to say in the next seven days, I mean, something you want to consecrate to God. What are you talking about, Pastor? Something that you need to separate yourself from. Maybe it's a, maybe for you it's a sin. It's an immorality. Maybe it's a vice. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's your conversation, your negativity. And it could be a lot of things in the room of this many people. Lord, I'm, I'm going to set some things aside. Does that mean, Pastor, you want us to pick those things back up after seven days? Well, I hope not, but what I'm trying to do is create a void that in the next seven days, if you will create a void, God will start coming in and painting something more beautiful than what you set down. In other words, you don't want to pick that back up because the picture that he started painting is lot better than the one you set down. The other one may have been leading you to death, or but this one is leading you to life. It's something that you're walking away from. And 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 if it's if you say, man, this really doesn't apply to me, Pastor. I don't feel like I'm having any big deep dark sins. I, I, please don't just license it, license it to just that. It could be attitudes. It could be conversations. It could be when you kneel down by your bed tonight, it's that that you would say, God, forgive me for that. The Bible says, Paul said, I died daily. So Paul, the greater, greatest writer of the New Testament, said every day, I have to kneel down my bed, my bed and die out. Why? Why? I want tomorrow to be greater than today, but tomorrow can't be greater today unless God has void. So I die out. I, I cleanse myself. 
I love that that's the beginning part of the salvation process, but there has to be a cleansing. A cleansing. 